The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. Welcome to The Shepherd at Work, a weekly program to help you learn how to walk out your faith in every place you live and work. You'll be introduced to individuals who are successfully and effectively engaging in marketplace ministry, giving you the tools needed to do the same. The Shepherd at Work is brought to you by the Central Florida Christian Chamber. Now, here's your host, Mike Gillen. It's a brand new year, and we're so happy to have you here on The Shepherd at Work. Something new for me to be uh, the primary host for this. I'm so grateful to be with you today. And my guest, as we are going to be kind of launching off this phase of The Shepherd at Work, is my good friend Andy Searles, pastor at Church Together but you know, you're also a marketplace minister. You're a church minister and you're a marketplace minister. You do both of those things well. And I'm trying to straddle living in both of those worlds. And I think <laughs> the world becomes a better place and the church becomes a better place oh, when well we said. learn how to straddle with the same integrity, the same purpose, the same character, the church world and the marketplace world. Yeah. Mike, I heard you greeting Happy New Year, and I was waiting for you to say, welcome back to a new year with an old face. <laughs> no, that wasn't in my mind. I wish I would have thought of it, though. <laughs> no, it's very... I am that old face. <laughs> I, not as old as my face, Andy, so that's, that's all right, man. You know, it is really great to have you here. And this program, obviously sponsored by the Central Florida Christian Chamber, uh, is a program that is aimed at helping people learn to live out their lives wherever they live and wherever they work for the glory of God, to build the kingdom of God. Mm. And, you know, I, I just think so for so long, a lot of uh, believers have missed that one aspect of mm. living their life out. I mean, we, we know that evangelism is all about kind of reflecting and representing the Lord to whomever we talk, wherever we live or work or whatever. But a lot of people aren't comfortable necessarily with what would have been their image of evangelism. They have these things going on in their minds, shadows of trips out doing street witnessing, uh, dropping tracks off with people. And there's a lot of people that, that just think, man, that's not my gift. Yeah. But I don't know that any of us are really in a, in a real way now, given a freedom from the responsibility of representing the Lord. He looked at his disciples and he said, you will be my witnesses. So we're all called to something uh, that would have to do with representing the Lord. Yeah, I think so. We tend to pick and choose and narrowly define what gifts we have, but the gifts are more about the giver than they are the receiver. That is right. And if we are in relationship with God, then we are available for God to give us whatever gift is needed at a certain time. As you were saying that, Mike, I remembered I used to live in California many years ago, and we had a guy in our church. He ran a ministry, and um, I, I said, would, would you pray for us? He said, no, no, no. I got people who pray. Praying's not my gift. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Now. Wait a minute. You, 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 don't, you don't pray. And it's, uh, we, we, we've made the gift so black and white. Yeah. 
And, and the gifts are gifts, but they're from God. And if we're submitted to God, then God yeah. often will drop the gift we need in. Right. And I think there are some kind of like uh, things that transcend some of those uh, secondary gifts that we got to give ourselves to. Right? I agree. We I... can't say, I don't want to read the Bible today because that's not my gift. No, we want to know God. We got to read his word. Yeah, right. That's right. I'm not going to pray today. That's not my gift. No, no, no. How can you have a relationship with a father if you're not praying? But on the same level, we can't say, I'm not going to share my faith because it's not my gift. No, no, no. Part of being a Christian means that the life and the light and the love of Jesus flows from us. And that's what evangelism is. And we all got to do it. Yeah, I wish we could all have that kind of a base, a foundation about what evangelism is. Because I think, again, many believers, as important as it is, they kind of shun it. They mm. push it off. Mm. And they think, again, because I don't see myself, they would say, uh, having the personality to go out and yeah. be that bold and courageous person that is willing to talk about what they believe. But, you know, again, we've got to have faith. And our faith is is kind of like something that we've got to have faith to have the faith yeah. to do that. It is our call. It, yeah. is, it is the nature of a believer to represent the Lord to other people. That's what we have to see. Absolutely. It takes us being available to God, but it takes all of us, this Past Sunday at my church, I was preaching through the story of the woman at the well mm. and Great some of the story. conversations around that. And I summarize that story by saying that in many ways, sharing the gospel is about finding needs and meeting them mm -hmm. and seeing hurts and healing them. In Jesus' name. Oh, man. Now, that's poetic there, man. <laughs> well, that was actually shared with me many years ago by, by a mentor, and that's really defined a lot of my ministry. But the reality is, if we're secluded and segregated in our church, we're not going to see the needs that Jesus wants to meet, and we're not going to see the hurts that Jesus wants to heal. So mm -hmm. I think so much of ministry and evangelism, more than kind of proclamation, you know, give your life to Christ right now. If you were to die tonight, you go to heaven. As, as useful and helpful as those things have been, is saying, where can I serve? Where yeah. can I bring light? Where can I bring life? But towards the end of that story around the woman at the well, Jesus is kind of uh, debriefing, processing with his disciples. And he says in it, the sowers and the reapers will rejoice together. Mm. And what I believe he's talking about there is how it takes all of us at different stages in the outreach evangelism process to help a person hear the gospel and respond to it in a positive way. Yeah. You know, the metaphor that Jesus is saying is normally when the harvest comes, you know, the reaping's hard work, mm -hmm. um, but the sowing, that's fun. So the reapers are like, man, I don't want to do this. It's too hard. But the sowing is fun. And, and Jesus is saying, don't, don't separate those two. It's all part of a process. And we are all part of God's plan to love yeah. and communicate his love to the world right? Whether uh -huh. we're an evangelist in uh, title or gifting or not, 
this is a responsibility that God has given us. The, the, the great commission <laughs> isn't a subsection two, option three, right? right? That's right. It's a great commandment and a great commission because it is fundamentally part of what it means to follow Jesus. I agree. And, you know, so many people I've known in my life that wanted to make a mark, make a difference for Jesus, wanted to, you know, leave the a legacy to their kids mm-hmm. of being one that followed the Lord. They had this notion that the only way they could ever really, really, really do that would be as if they were in full-time church ministry as a pastor or as an evangelist, as some sort of teacher. And I think this idea of representing the Lord, I I loved what I heard years ago. Uh, Someone said that to do what the Lord wants you to do, you need to grow where you are planted. And that's a beautiful picture. I mean, I love it. A plant, if it's planted correctly, will flourish Mm -hmm. in that pot or in that landscape plan that's there, it will do it. If everything is right in its environment, it will flourish. That's God's will for us. Mm -hmm. But we don't have to be transplanted, if you will, and put into church ministry for there to be fruit in our lives. Instead, he said, go out into the highways and the byways and compel others to come in to the Lord. I mean, that's a beautiful picture. So wherever we are, and that is, in most cases, not going to be full-time ministry. It's yeah. going to be living out if you're a plumber or if you work at Publix or if you're an accountant. It's going to be doing what you do mm-hmm. with all your heart to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for for all of us outside of the home, the place where we spend the most time is in the marketplace. That's right. It's in our employment. It's doing our job. It's doing our work. And that's not um, that's not separated from the gospel. That is not uh, outside of God's will for us. That's an important part of who God has made us. Yeah. And therefore, because God has planted us that's there, right. let's grow there. I love it that Monday through Friday opportunity on the job, in the workplace. That doesn't mean now that we don't do our work. We all sit around and just strategize how we're going to represent the Lord instead of working. Mm -hmm. No, we've got to bring glory to God as a worker. We've got to do that. But I tell you, I'm just convinced that people could find a joy and a contentment. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's what Paul talked about. He said, I find myself content in whatever state I am. Now he could have he could have uh, been one that would have just hid behind that that role of being a full-time uh, leader in the church. Yeah. But he got out there and he made tents. Yeah, and that was the missional strategy of the church. It wasn't to run an evangelism program or or something like that. It was to say, hey, let, let us as a church equip you to live the gospel, to shine the gospel, to speak the gospel in your marketplace. Yeah. That's well said. My guest today is Andy Searles with Church Together. You know, uh, when we get back, I want to talk about your own experience and what you do. And I think if you could be thinking about this during the break, Andy, the joy that you found, maybe in the beginning you were uh, maybe slightly apprehensive, I don't know, about being a chaplain Mm -hmm. in a major league uh, soccer team 
uh, for the city of Orlando or or for the Castleberry Police Department. I'm sure that at some points in time you've had to deal with this is hard, but I, but there's great joy in serving the Lord, even if it's hard. I'll be back with Andy Searles in a moment. This is The Shepherd at Work. If you're a Christian business person and you want to meet people who want to do business with you, you need to join the Central Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce. Why? Because the mission of the Christian Chamber is to build kingdom, business, and community. And it all starts with the Christian principle of building relationships. To learn more about the Christian Chamber and all the different ways you can get engaged with hundreds of other Central Florida Christian business people, visit cfchristianchamber.com or call 407-258-3578. Once again, here is Mike Gillen. Back again on The Shepherd at Work. Mike Gillen here with you, and I'm so happy to have Andy Searles, my good friend, from Church Together in the Castleberry area. You know, we were talking in that first segment at the very end about what I know a lot of people feel when it comes down to a role or maybe even something that they'd prayed about. And then right before they do their first ever involvement with that thing, there's they can be gripped with just a little bit of fear and like, what have I done to myself? What have I gotten myself into here? I mean, that, that can happen even in doing something for the Lord. Did that ever happen to you? I, uh, I, I, tend to be more nervous in many, many situations than perhaps I let on. Uh, being on your show would be one of them, Come Mike, on, as well. But I think that if we are pursuing the purpose that God has for us, if we are secure in who He is and who He has made us and in our relationship with Him, then it becomes a lot easier to gently walk into some of those fear-filled mm-hmm. places. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that adds to our fears is that we have created a line between the sacred and the secular. And we say, hey, my God life, my sacred life lives over here in this church space or small group space or whatever. But really, the gospel is about, is about bringing the sacred into the secular. Mm-hmm. In John's gospel, he says about Jesus that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The message version of that scripture says Jesus moved into the neighborhood. <laughs> I love that. And it's very That's awesome. clear as we read scripture yeah. that there is no line between where God works and God doesn't. Yeah. Right? That's right. And so God is just as much at work in our workspaces as he is in our church spaces. Mm-hmm. And God, he, wants, he wants to be there with you. He does. God loves the people in the church just as much as he loves the people outside of the church, Mm -hmm. right? And so having this confidence that God um, has called us and purposed us to walk in these spaces and to bring the sacred into the secular fills us with a a, a God confidence 
with a love for him and a love for his people. And as we know, it is love that destroys fear. Mm -hmm. Perfect love Mm -hmm. casts out all fear. So as we love God and love what he's called us to, we can go into some of these fear-filling places. Yeah. And as we walk forward and as we let the love of Jesus shine from us, I don't want to be glib and say the problems disappear because they don't. But love always wins. Love always wins. I've heard you say that just in different contexts. And it is a phrase that I know it's part of your life. Mm -hmm. You live your life that way. Love always wins. And if we have that confidence, that can be all of our sayings. I mean, every one of us can carry that. Yeah, let, let me clarify that. Agape always wins. Yeah. The agape love of God always wins. Right. Different than what we think about my emotional attraction to my wife. I love her. Uh, that That is different than the agape love. I mean, it's hopefully it represents that. Yeah, for sure. The Greeks had four, four words to describe love, and we've just clumped them together in one word. Right. Right. There's that um, eros love. The, the the kind of sexual love that, that that we have. There's the filio love, the brotherly love, Mike, that right. you and I share. Right. There's the storge love that comes with all the, the feelings attached to it. And, and so often we we define love in those narrow parameters. But above all those other loves sets this big and beautiful and bold and bright love mm-hmm. called agape, yeah. which is full of grace, full of light. Right. And agape always win. That's great. That's good clarification too. We need to see that. You know, the chamber in central Florida has a little byline, building kingdom, business, and community. Mm -hmm. Those are things that we should be doing as ministers in the community. Mm -hmm. Wherever we are, whatever our job is, we should be looking around, first of all, And that is realizing that we've been placed there, not just by our bosses, not just by the college professors at the school that we went to and we got our degrees in. We've been sent there by God to tell the story of Jesus through our lives. And I love what that one writer once said, and if necessary, use words. Yeah, St. Augustine, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Preach the gospel at all times. Yes, and if necessary, use words. Right. And, and, I, and I think part of our problem when it comes to evangelism, which was the topic that we introed with today, is we find it so hard because we've got those two things in the wrong order. Yeah. We think that evangelism needs to be about what we say, but really evangelism is about how we live and how we love. You know, I think it's so cool to talk to somebody that has a real heart. And at lunch today, I was with somebody that is part of EE, Evangelism Explosion. I know you're familiar with that. And I was just so excited to find out that this brother is also a musician. Hmm. And what he does with his music, he he is booked out occasionally, like once a week, he plays at a restaurant. And he's doing all of this because it puts him out there into the flow of where people are that would be different than what a lot of people who are involved in full-time ministry, be it in a church or in a a, a parachurch ministry or whatever. Uh, He puts himself in positions where he has an opportunity to interact with people 
that he wouldn't otherwise get to see, but it's very strategic. Mm -hmm. And that puts him, and I know that's exactly what you do when you're with a soccer club. Mm -hmm. I think, I think it's really easy for, especially who spent a lot of time in church, that church becomes our world. Church becomes our marketplace if you want, but the church was never meant to be the marketplace. And I realized several times in my ministry that while I could talk a good game about being an evangelist and sharing my faith and reflecting my faith, I really didn't have much um, space to actually do that because I was so consumed with this kind of internal church stuff. And so um, it's a conscious decision as I build my calendar and set priorities and that kind of stuff to say where am I going and what am I doing to be around people who are a little bit different from me but need to know of the same love that's changed my life. What would be for you some advice you could give people for first steps on how to get involved and break out of that fear, maybe that syndrome of uh, being worried about how I will say the right things or I won't say the right things. And that fear of not saying the right things is really gripping down and keeping them from getting out there and sharing their faith. What advice do you give for first steps? Yeah, I think I think I would say if you're wrestling with those questions, those are the wrong questions. Oh, good stuff. Okay. I think the first question is, how am I doing in my relationship with Jesus? Because if that's not right, if that's off, not only are we creating an inconsistency in our witness, but we're kind of contradicting and undermining our witness because we're saying, hey, try Jesus, he works, but he's not working for us, right? Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. I think the first thing would be, hey, turn down the volume on all that other stuff and let's, let's get right in my relationship with Jesus so that when I start to share my faith, which I believe is kind of carried through the vessels of care and compassion and listening and love Mm -hmm. and first responding rather than initiating, once I've got my relationship with God right, then everything flows from there. If that's not right, then nothing's going to work anyway. That's right. So step one, Get right with Jesus. Yeah. Step two, live like Jesus lived, right? And as we do that, we naturally, we don't need a supernatural gift because we're, we're naturally mm-hmm. uh, attracting people to Jesus. You know, I think the, you've brought up a great point about living like Jesus in that when your story, John chapter four, the woman at the well, yeah, that was preceded with a discussion where Jesus, if I remember correctly, uh, I believe the King James says it like this, I have, I must needs go through Samaria. Yeah, yeah. In other words, there was something in his heart and mind that God knew, that Jesus knew, that there was a divine appointment waiting for Jesus there in Samaria that was going to open up a whole area for the gospel of Jesus. Yeah, and what I love about that is fascinating. So in um, Palestine, there's, there's kind of three regions, right? There's Judea at the south, where Jesus was. 
There's Galilee in the north where Jesus was going, but to get from the south to the north, you had to go through the middle, which was Samaria. The yeah. problem was that the Jews didn't like the Samaritans. And so vice rather versa. Yeah. than taking the three-day trip through, they went on the six-day trip around, which makes no sense. Jesus said, I'm not going to play into the silly divisions. I'm not going to give myself to this, this bickering. There are people in Samaria who need loving. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to meet them where they are as I do naturally what I got to do. I love it. And that's exactly what he did. And that should be our goal. We need to always be ready. You know, we need to be prepared in our lives wherever God is letting us walk. You know, that's what Jesus did. He didn't spend his time in the temple. He spent his time in the marketplace, walking through cities, walking through regions, declaring the kingdom yeah. of God. He just went about his business. And as he did, God accomplished his business. Oh, I love it. And may that be said of all of us, our business being accomplished for the sake of God and for the kingdom of God. Andy Searles, thank you for being with me. Mike, always a pleasure. Happy New Year to you. And to you, my friend. And we'll see you next week on Shepherd at Work. You've been listening to The Shepherd at Work. Tune in next week for a chat with another Marketplace leader who will help you learn how to live your faith in every place you live and work. The Shepherd at Work has been brought to you by the Central Florida Christian Chamber, building kingdom, business, and community. The preceding was a Mark Radio production.